And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, PR with This Old Marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 248 of PNR's This Old Marketing, recorded Thursday, October 29th, 2020. And with me, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy whose name is definitely on more state ballots than Kanye West, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you, my friend? <laughs> God, uh, he'll get a lot of votes. He'll is get, it, well, he'll, is he on the is he on the ballot in? He was in not in. Ohio? O- he was not in Ohio. He is on the ballot in California, I will tell well, you. Well, that's going to make a difference. But, it, but here's the thing. No, but here's the thing. It's definitely not going to make a difference here in California. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. I could tell you that uh, straight up. The interesting thing, though, is that he's not on the ballot as a presidential candidate. He's on the ballot as a vice president. Isn't that weird? How is that? What? I don't know. He, he is on the ballot with, uh, there's another candidate who's an independent who is uh, on the, uh, who qualified to be on the ballot as an independent. And Kanye is on as his vice presidential candidate. So how many people in the history of the U.S. election has been on the ballot for, as a presidential candidate and a VP in the same election? That's got to be short list. It's probably, yeah, I think it's a list relegated to rap stars trying to promote a new record. I think that's probably the list that that would would encompass. Do you ever watch the the David Letterman interviews on Netflix? Yeah, of course. Oh, I love them. I love them. First of all, the Dave Chappelle interview was fantastic. Uh, It was it was so great. I I mean, you can just two guys who admire each other. And it was it was truly wonderful. Yeah. uh, I mean, I'm a big Dave Chappelle fan, but I didn't know some of the insight as to why he left the show and those types of things. But I did watch the beginning of the Kanye interview and I'm five minutes in and I had to turn it off because it's now I'm sure it gets better. But he's so timid and his answers are so so short. Kanye, that is. And you know Dave Letterman's just trying to get something started with a conversation, but he's, he looks like such an introvert. It's amazing. He is. He is absolutely an introvert. And, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's, I mean, <laughs> Kanye, has a, Kanye has a lot of challenges. He's a very talented man who has a lot of challenges, right? You know, he's, he's also clearly bipolar. Bipolar, yeah. Um, you know, I think they and, talk about and, that. I didn't get to that part, but it was on yeah, the menu. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah. Um, you know, he's got he's got challenges. And as his neighbor, I will tell you, <laughs> there are challenges as well being his neighbor. But but um, oh, what's that? You know, Come on. Dig, what, what's the biggest challenge? And people don't know how close you live to the Kardashians. So, well, and to be clear, they're never here. Right. I mean, they're you know, they're almost never uh, around um, the neighborhood. But when they are. You know, I mean, look, it's, 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 it, you know, I'll say this um, without sort of being too, uh, what is the TMZ or something? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's basically, uh, it, it's not them as much as, I mean, they do some, they, 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 I mean, some of their parties that they throw and some of the, you know, stuff that they do is a little like, okay, really? You know, I mean, we're just trying to have a nice neighborhood here. Um, but more, more than that, it's the security element. That's the, it's the security. And that's, by the way, that goes for a a few people that live in my neighborhood, but, but, um, well, correct me if I'm wrong and I don't want to talk out of school here, but I'm going to, um, (laughs) Drake lives, isn't, doesn't Drake right down from you and and Drake tried to buy the entire street. Correct. He didn't try. He did. Oh, he did the entire street. Yeah, yeah. He draw. He bought the entire cul-de-sac. Yeah. He he has four houses on a. Cul-de-sac. So let me get this. Let me get this straight. You have <laughs> you have uh, Kim and Kanye down at the one side, and that's and right. Then on the other side, you have the Drake compound, and right in the middle, right. there's Robert Rose. No, no, we would be we would be the we would be the point of the triangle in that shape, right? So uh, if yes. they're on. Yeah, so we would we would we would triangulate that that idea. We're you know we're as the crow flies, um, a mile away from them. 
Um, but you know, it's technically four blocks. It seemed closer when I was out there. Yeah. It seemed like you were literally (laughs) right next door. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not just next door, but it's, it's It's pretty darn close close enough. Yeah. Well, that's, it must be a real honor for you. (laughs) It's a, yeah. Yes. To be, to be living so close to a vice presidential candidate. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so, uh, what else is, um, so we're recording this on, on Thursday the 29th, as you mentioned. So what's going on this coming days? Is anything going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. Is, is there, there uh, is there something? Uh, Halloween is I think that's yeah, what it is. Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah, and Halloween. I, did, I did see that it's the first time there's going to be a full moon on Halloween since 1944. There it is. So there you, there you go. There you have it. It's, I mean, that's it might the be news. portending something... Hopefully not very scary. Let's put it that way. The, for the following week, let's following let's talk Tuesday. about no. Let's talk about the real important thing that's going to happen on Tuesday. I want to know what you'll be drinking that day. There it is. I will hopefully be drinking. Uh, well, <laughs> not hopefully. I will definitely be drinking tequila. The 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 mood in which I am drinking it will certainly be affected, but the what I'm drinking will not. Tequila. Hmm. Maybe I should mix it up and, and join you in a, in a little reposado. Well, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Um, I was I <laughs> I was planning on, on drinking everything in sight, everything <laughs> possible, because uh, I'll be I'll be fairly nervous on yeah. Tuesday, and I know that we're not going to know. Yeah, we're not, we. I I want to know. I really yeah. want it to be called, but. You, you and I—I I mean, you remember—you really sort of had to had to get me together because we had a workshop in Chicago to do because there's the morning after election day in 2016. Yeah, we both flew to Chicago, got there early in the morning, and uh, and I was a wreck. And you're like, uh, "Come on, buddy." Uh, you only have to present for the first hour of this i have to do the whole other thing so this is not about you and we pulled it together sort of sort of like presenting at a funeral home but yeah it was uh, was an interesting day for sure nothing either way but most of the people there were were uh were not trump supporters at that time so that's right that's right uh so yeah it was it was interesting but that was a that was a tough moment to go through the whole thing and um so We'll see. I guess the best we can hope for is a a, a swift decision and yes, peace. A, that's yes, that's exactly right. And peace. A, a, a swift decision and and a and a peaceful, you know, uh, a, a peaceful process. We won't even call it a transition, as so as to that's not correct. Tip our hand, right? That is correct. But yes, uh, yes, I'm generally, you know, I'm generally a Tito's guy, the vodka. I know. And I do love it so, and I I really don't. It really doesn't matter what I mix with it. I mean, it used to be Tito's and tonic, which I'll still do. I absolutely love. But sometimes, you know, tonic is not the easiest thing to get, and they always put it in these little small bo- small bottles, which is idiotic, frankly. So I, you know, we, I'll do uh, Diet Sprite or Sprite Zero now. Um, I'll do uh, I'll do <laughs> ginger ale. I'll do you know, I'll do Gatorade. I don't care. I mean, I'll I'll drink my Tito's with frankly anything. I'll drink Tito's yeah by itself as well if I'm feeling it. Yeah. So well, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah, is. but uh, I don't know. I might I might have some beer. Might have some wine. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting evening for sure for for many. I I predict a very busy to, to get to the theme of our show this week. Um, I predict a very busy Facebook feed. How about that <laughs> for a for a for an over the top prediction? Yeah, and I I've uh, been hanging off of Facebook, uh, and I stopped my posting. So I did a I did a like a I did a thing where didn't do a great job, as you know. But I tried to just do thought provoking things to get people to vote. Uh, but it got away from me a little bit, and. Uh, you know, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at <laughs> well, that. I, yeah. I tried to be. I tried to be nice. I still no, do. I tried to be. Uh, I tried to be nice. I, I have. Uh, I have friends on all sides of this issue, but my my goal about, you know, you, you think okay, I don't have a huge audience, but I have an audience. So I'm like, what can I do to help and not make it worse? 
And what I could do is, is just talk about, you know, it's our responsibility to vote. And, and my hope is, and it seems to be the case that more people have gone out and voted in the United States. And by the way, our apologies to all our international <laughs> listeners right now. But what I found out, and you know this tr- too, Robert, is we, our international listeners are way better on what's going on in the U.S. politics. Way more informed than most U.S. citizens. That's what I found oh, out. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, here, and there's a funny meme going around from, uh, you know, a lot of the folks in Europe who are saying, you know, <laughs> look, you know, they're basically saying this to the algorithms of Facebook and Twitter and, you know, Google and all the rest of it, basically saying, stop telling me to vote. I can't vote. Oh, right? my There's God. Everybody. These, you know, yes. You know, and so if you were ever worried that the algorithm was going to be smarter than us and sort of take over in a sort of Terminator kind of way. Yeah. Don't worry about it. They're basically the, the algorithm is still putting, you know, please go out and vote on 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 uh, in November to all of our European friends. So it's like, ah, you are you know, on, are you on Snapchat? Too much. Do you do you don't do no. Snapchat, do you? No. I mean, so you know you're on Facebook. So you've seen basically for the last month, every time you go into Facebook, it says register to vote. That's right. And but I didn't, you know, I'm not on Snap, so I don't know what they're doing, but I I went through Snapchat's financial results and found out that they registered over a million people to vote on that platform. Oh, good for them. Yeah, good for Which, them. Which yeah, is something. So there yeah. there you go. There you go. There you what, go. Well, should we get yeah, to what are our, we doing our, today? Our what's uh, what well, does, what's I'll, the decision you made with your show? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> my show. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, uh, well, and here's a funny thing, you know, so thank, by the way, first of all, thank you to the audience out there for going out and giving us a few reviews out there. Some of you didn't listen to me when I said, give us a kind review. There were a couple of like, you know, uh, there was there was one review uh, out there, you know, and I typically don't go look at the reviews, but as part of the analytics, we get a, you know, sort of every week from uh, Chartable, we get sort of a, a note saying basically, hey, here's how you're doing, right? And what they'll do is they'll, they'll often include your last review, the last review you got. Last review we got was not very kind. Let's just put it that way. Really? Because <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the last three were really good. We had. Uh, I know there was, but whatever the reason, the one I got in Chartable, because I, I typically don't go look at the good or the bad. I just sort of, you know, it is what it is. This one said that basically we've run out of things to talk about, which is not true. But you know, it may be that we're just uh, we're we're you know it, we're we're not. Well, most of them have been very, most have been very positive. Yeah, I mean, it's it, Jep incredibly eight, kind of Jep you. Eight thirteen, yeah. which is maybe the one you're talking about. Jeb has he wanted an hour of his life Jeb, back. Jeb has his own problems. That's just yeah. let's just put it that way. He didn't know what <laughs> well, he was signing not, up for, and some people yeah, don't. he's not listening. Yeah, we're that's acquired true. taste. That is Jeb, true. I, would, I would say next time. Taste. Yeah, next time Jeb <clears throat> needs to to drink a little bit more before he listens. To yes, it. it'd be much. That's right. Mood. There it is. That helps. Yeah, that does, does help. It always that does always help. Seems to help. Yeah. So what we're going to do this week is uh, we're going to have some fun. Um, we uh, Basically, we got a note from one of you lovely audience members who said, hey, listen, the prediction posts are coming in fast and furious. It's, uh, you know, it's getting to the end of the year. We'd love to hear what you guys think about, you know, the future coming up. And we thought, wow, that's a great thing to do on the eve of Halloween, on the eve of the election. And so we thought we'd do exactly that. We are going to cover a couple of news items, and there's one in particular that you're all like, you know, salivating over that we're going to cover. And yes, we are going to cover that news item. Um, And and then we'll jump into some questions from the audience, uh, some questions that we have about the future, and then some predictions um, for 2021. Uh, So hopefully it'll be entertaining. And and full disclosure, Neither Joe or I know our answers in advance. We 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 know that how we're going to flow the show, of course, but we do not know what we're going to say. So could be we'll see, right? It could go off the rails, and you know you could be like Jep, whatever, whatever, and want an hour of your time back. Or hopefully you'll uh, you'll appreciate the rant and and or the rave. Um, so let's get to our first segment let's here, start. which of course is our news segment. Uh, and yes, ladies and gentlemen. This will be our last Quibi 
update. No, say Dun- it ain't so. It is true. Oh. It will be our last Quibi update. Well, I should say, unless there's some sort I of think, I, I think we'll weird hear more postscript. About this. Yes, go ahead. I, I don't think we're going to hear much more about it. Uh, well, wonderful friend and family of the show, Dennis Shaw, actually tweeted at me, which I'm actually looking into. Uh, is getting a, some swag, like getting some T-shirts or a hat or something like that, because I think that's important um, for a few years from now when you're wearing your Quibi T-shirt, basically. It'll be kind of a nostalgic thing. Um, yes, this uh, item comes to us courtesy of the Wall Street Journal, uh, and the headline is, you are all waiting for it. We've been waiting for it since we started our lovely Quibi updates earlier this year. Quibi is shutting down. Dun, dun, dun. Barely six months after going live, the streaming service designed for mobile users struggled to resonate amid pandemic and a crowded marketplace. The article opens up by saying Quibi Holdings LLC uh, is shutting down a mere six months after launching its streaming service. A crash landing for a once highly touted startup. Is that true? Was it really highly touted? I'm not really sure about that. Anyway, it was touted. a highly touted. Yeah, it, was touted. It, was t- it was touted. Yeah. It was touted. It was undoubtedly touted. Uh, uh, startup that attracted some of the biggest names in Hollywood and had looked to revolutionize how people consume entertainment. The streaming service, which served up shows in five to ten minute chapters, formatted to fit smartphone screens, has been plagued with problems since its April debut, facing lower than expected viewership and a lawsuit from a well-capitalized foe. Um, our failure was not for lack of trying, said founder Jeffrey Katzenberg and chief executive officer Meg Whitman in an open letter to employees and investors. We've considered and exhausted every option available to us. And they go on in the Wall Street Journal article to talk about uh, some of the history and some of the challenges and and all of that. Um, so, well, you know, take comments yeah what do, you, have, what do you think i have, I mean, I have a couple I, th- I agree with mr katzenberg we're all exhausted yeah. by, <laughs> by this yes. and and look at we get a you robert you and i get a lot of things wrong but when this thing launched and the super bowl ad was out there and we were talking about it we both said this was gonna be a horrible failure and that's yeah. why we did the that's why you did the quibi update every episode because this was just gonna be it's gonna go from bad to worse. It was a it slow did. motion train wreck. There's no doubt about that. It yeah. did, and the way they do it. And and the one thing you got so so if you look at the competitive set that they were going after, they were really really going after the the Snapchat and the TikTok audience of short form video content. You have so let's say you're going up against TikTok TikTok. First of all, the best algorithm in the business. We've talked about it on this show before. The second thing is, is that TikTok's content was all free, all user generated. Quibi's content was all, I mean, very, very expensive and not shareable. (laughs) So if you're going to create something that you need free marketing for outside of the Super Bowl ad they pay for and you don't make sharing available at all and they didn't for the first, I don't know how long it was. You were going to have problems, but but regardless, this this was just a form. This was e toys in action. This is, you know, I go back to the globe dot com and you know all all those from the dot com boom that you could say, boy, this is really going to get ugly. You you could sort of see it happen. I don't know if you want to add any more to that, but but I, I you know we can talk a, a little bit more about Quibi later in our predictions about what happens, but. Yeah, I think we could talk a little bit about that. And, and, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I, I did get a few messages. You know, I, I took less schadenfreude in this than one might expect. Um, you know, I, 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 it was a little Casey at the bat for me. I mean, it was, I, I, I did not, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of joy in seeing that they were, they were shutting down. It was expected for sure. Um but the interesting thing to me was how ill-conceived, in hindsight, you know, because I had a lot of assumptions, and I'll be the first to admit I didn't really, like, dig into their financials and dig into the licensing agreements and dig into the, you know, all that stuff. I, I was mostly kind of like I follow baseball. I, I follow the box scores and read the newspaper and, 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 you know, watch the coverage, and then I watch the 
you know, playoffs in the championship, yep. by the way, go Dodgers. Yay. Dodgers. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, the, so th- the interesting thing to me was as, as it started to become clear, it was going to shut down. The one thing I did do is sort of start to dive a little deeper. And as I talked about on the last show, the thing that blew me away was how, how ill-conceived some of the structure was in terms of the way they did their content, which is the real takeaway here, right? Which is they licensed most of their content with these. So, of course, if I'm, you know, a wonderful Hollywood director or movie star and, and, and you know, Jeffrey Katzenberg calls me up or sends me an email and says, hey, would you like to create, you know, create a five-minute, you know, you got, a, got an idea for a five- or ten-minute script? that you feel like shooting, we got a million bucks we can throw over your way and basically, you know, have you create something cool. Would you like to do that? And, and you'll, you'll still own the content. Yeah. You'll st- it's still yours. It's your script. It's your everything. We'll just give you the money to do it. And <laughs> of course I'm going to go, uh, in the middle of a pandemic when I can't go work on a film and I can't go, uh, yes, thank you very much. I'll go do a silly you know, judge show, uh, you know, as Chrissy Teigen did, you know, or, you know, whatever. I, so the, the fact that they're content, that there's nothing left they're, they have no assets really other than the technology, which, eh, you know, like you said, the algorithm with TikTok is better. So, you know, and they're this, the, the lawsuit is over the, the little switching technology from vertical to horizontal in the video. So they don't own that either, apparently, or at least there's a, some dispute over who owns that. And so, uh, you know, it just seems to me it was such a. Uh, this is either a very fancy money laundering scheme <laughs> for yeah, Jeffrey exactly. Katzenberg, you know what I mean? Or, you know, quite frankly, it's just, uh, it was just, it, it was ill conceived from the very beginning. Because here's the thing even if it hadn't sort of collapsed in on itself this year, it would have eventually because they, they are making the same mistake that Netflix corrected by yeah. basically divesting themselves of all of the licensing deals that they had and making their own content. And, you know, so it's, it, it, it with that much funding, it, it should have been, we own the content from the well, get go. Yes, and, but- and then the one analysis I did see that was, was really, I thought very astute was the guy who said, they didn't go after the YouTube stars. They didn't go after, you know, they didn't go after the, the people that, were actually getting a lot of audience and already had a lot of audience and would have really appreciated a new channel to create new memes and new, you know, new kinds of Well, they of went after, the, it was a very traditional Hollywood model, right? Go after those right. big stars and, and have them do it. And But, but it, let's be fair, maybe they did have the Netflix model in mind where, okay, we're going to start out with the licensing model and then focus on originals because that was Netflix. Licensed everything at first and then they've moved and now the majority of their content uh, consumption is on the originals. I buy that except the fact that they didn't they they the the fact is is that they had so much funding to go purchase content that they didn't purchase any content. They just, they just licensed light, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like licensing is all based on future earnings, right? So I go license it and I say, "Hey, listen, I'm licensing it and here, you know, we're going to pay you some percentage of downloads or we're going to pay you, you know, based on plays or we're going to pay you based on this, you know, that's the revenue model, right? The licensing model is a very thin margin but also a very low cost. Yeah. And so they did the worst of both things. They paid a huge amount of money for content, paid it all up front. And then only got a licensing deal out of it. It's like <clears throat> that. That to me smells like I, I. And I agree with you. They probably did have some, you know, ownership idea in mind at some point once they sort of proved the model. Um, but this is to me, it's a classic. It's it's a classic. You know, they were playing with other people's money. They had so much money to play with, and it was uh, you know, it wasn't Jeffrey Katzenberg's money. It yeah. wasn't Meg Whitman's money. It was investor money, and so they went. Yeah, we can go take a huge risk that this is all going to fly. And, you know, if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, eh, so what? It's the investor money. But you talked about this on the last episode where if there is something to sell, is there? there's nothing to sell. There, no, there's not really, really nothing. I mean, you could sell the name. So you, the name they and they probably own some content. Some, they, they, you know, there's probably some content. So maybe a, a Comcast own. or a Verizon. Or some some big old media company like that. 
might say, yeah. okay, I'll throw you a couple million. Uh, yeah, here's a bucket of pucks, yeah, right? You that's know, exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. Or if, yeah. Or if you're and, playing shuffleboard, biscuits. But yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> bucket of old baseballs. By the way, uh, totally off the subject, have you watched Ted Lasso? On Apple I have not. I, it's on my list. It's on my Holy list. I moly. have not watched it. I mean, I'm a yeah. big Shit's Creek fan. And then to, to get this one, too, um, you you mentioned it. I don't know when it was, but you talked about the golden age of television. Even though you can figure out, you know, what is television today? But right. when you look at the quality of shows out there, it's really amazing how much quality is going on right now with with. With production, like, and I just fell in love with Ted Lasso. Gotta get through the first episode. You get to the second or third. Fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah, it looks fun. It looks it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, we've, you know, my wife controls the evening television, so you know, I have I have my few. So I'm way behind on things, right? So that's basically it. And you know, she that, might that will like change this. When, my, my wife liked Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She so, might. She might. Yeah, she might. She, she might, might indeed. Yeah. She All might right. Indeed. All right, so All right. let's move on to our second, uh, which is a little bit of good news to balance the bad news of the, the lovely Quibi breaking down here. Um, and this is a really fun story. Uh, sent us, uh, who, who sent this over? This, some, somebody sent this over for us. Uh, I'm going to tell you who it is in just a second here. This came um, from James Gardner. James, thank oh, you very course. much for Thanks, yeah, yep. this. Uh, was a wonderful, wonderful story to talk about. And this is a media company. Look, you know, so on the flip side, a media company, you know, failing. Um, this is a media company succeeding um, with content marketing um, and and basically building an audience and then starting to get into product. So the Dodo, which I have to tell you is one of my favorite, favorite email newsletters and, and all of that um, because they do so much cool stuff with dogs and cats and rescue videos, et cetera. They are a video company, media company, and they have actually purchased a minority stake into an insurance company, a pet insurance company. The well, Again, the Wall Street Journal will be our source for the news here. Uh, the Dodo, an animal-centric video brand of Group 9 Media, has built an audience of more than 90 million followers across social media platforms. Well, now it's getting into the pet insurance business. Group 9 itself, backed by Discovery, by the way, uh, that's the big, you know, of course, uh, TV network and media company, has taken a minority stake in Pet Plan, a pet insurer headquartered in New York that was acquired by a private equity firm, Warburg Pincus, last year. Financial terms weren't disclosed. Uh, Group 9's chief executive, Ben Lehrer, will join the Pet Plan's board of directors. So you can assume that that uh, investment was significant. Uh, the pet insurer will be renamed Fetch by the Dodo in May of 2021. It's, it's just, I mean, here we go. You know, it's just, a, it's just, you know, you've talked about it, the acquisitions. You, the, we've, we've, we've talked about it, the acquisitions. And this is just, you know, it, it seems like it's happening. I, I don't have any data for this, but it seems, it feels like it's happening much more on the media side, acquiring product and service companies rather than the other way around. What 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 say you? Well, it's interesting. I do you know what a have you ever heard of a SPAC before? S P A C. I have doesn't not. matter. It's a special purpose acquisition company, and SPACs are all the rage right now because basically you get groups of people and investors that throw in a ton of money. They create this thing called a SPAC, and the SPAC goes out and buys a lot of stuff. And it's just a, they have a mountain of cash, and they'll either create a merger scenario or they'll just start buying all kinds of stuff. So, for example, there there is a couple companies that I would consider SPACs in the event space buying up events right now. So I'll just we'll put that aside because we're going to talk about that later. But this is what because these things have been legalized and you can do this now, and there's an obscene amount of money available, and not everyone wants to put it into the stock market. They're like, okay, well, what can we do with this? They're putting these SPACs together for just this kind of thing that you're talking about, where they're saying, okay, where is there an amazing media enterprise somewhere? And where is there maybe a little bit of a deflated product group out there that would fit? And they're putting these things together and creating these marriages through this mountain of cash availability, which is pretty similar to what you're seeing here, where you've got, okay, well, in the insur pet insurance industry, okay, well, boy, this, th let's, let's take this pet plant, match it up with 
the leading one of the leading uh, audience groups out there in this industry that want this kind of product or service and done. And so my thought is, for the next three years, Robert, these things are going to go gangbusters. First of all, because there's just, just a ton of money. Second of all, there's a ton of really amazing companies out there that know how to build an audience that don't necessarily know how to productize that audience. And there's a lot of products out there that don't know how to build, build an audience that are just dying and languishing. And they're going to have all kinds of matchmaking activities to happen. And, and you're just going to see this go gangbusters in 21. I, this is, I'm, I'm so glad uh, we talked about that. I have not, I'm, I just literally did a Google search as you were going through this. I, this is a fascinating trend I had not known about. Um, so thank you. Oh, no, you're that. welcome. That is... I've, I, yeah, I've known about it for quite some time. And uh, because, I mean, I, as you know, I follow some cryptocurrency stuff and there's a bunch of SPACs in the crypto space. I can imagine, yeah. And so you see that. Well, you going. would imagine it's, it, it's in all these sort of high risk, uh, you know, sort of fluid industries, That's, right? I'm sure cryptocurrencies and events and media, I'm sure there's SPACs exactly. and media. I'm seeing them now in sort of the electric, e- electric vehicle space. So, yeah, it's... Well, what's interesting too is, so... And I and I hate to say this, but they're sort of preying on on down on their luck businesses. Of course, in the well, time that, that would of, be in the, the time tip. of COVID, right? It's the it's the old uh, Gordon Gecko sort of uh, what do they used to call them? Um, uh, well, they were I mean they were basically the predecessor of the private equity firm. Yeah, I'm thinking of Pretty the, Woman you know, too. The same thing where you go yeah, where you go in and you basically yeah corporate raiders where you just go in and you buy a company and then you break it apart and sell its pieces. So yeah, this is what's happening. You have a ton of businesses that just because of current circumstances, they don't have the cash to run. They're they're going to go you know belly up or whatever. And you've got mountains of money that are just saying, look, what's your timetable? Our timetable is five to seven years. Great, let's buy up a ton of this stuff right now, and uh, you know we'll just keep the communities running until the products can go. And then it's you know when the time is right, boom, and you've just ten times your value. So yeah. I hate to say it, but Fascinating. that's yeah. that's going to be that's going to be big in our market in the next three years. So it absolutely is. So. It absolutely is. All right. Well, there's your news, folks, um, for this week. Um, and uh, of course, there was a, you know other things that happened. And uh, but uh, what we wanted to do was now move on to this segment of the show, which we thought would be fun, um, which is to talk about the questions. Uh, about the questions, questions about the future. What is 2021 going to bring? What is the next decade going to bring? And so what we did was we went out to you um, and we asked, um, and specifically Joe went out and asked um, on social media because Joe has like a real social media following, (laughs) Um, (laughs) like a big audience, you know, like an actual Twitter following. Um, I do it too, and I get crickets. Uh, So um, he did it uh, and got some great questions. So thank you, first of all, for your wonderful questions against the hashtag and uh, and all of that, and and some of the ones that came in through email and and all of that as well, which are wonderful. So um, I'm going to start with the questions from the audience for us. And again, Joe and I have not discussed our answers here. We know the questions, um, but we don't know what each other is going to say. So the first question comes to us, and it's: uh, Will the Martech vendor landscape grow, shrink, or stay flat? Um, what say you? Joe Polizzi. Well, first of all, for our new listeners, Martech is marketing technology. Yeah. <laughs> well, the mar- yeah. So the 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 I'll give you a short answer because I want to get your take, and we wanted to get to as many questions as possible. That's right. I I think overall in 2021, over the next 12 months, it will grow a little. And what's because this is what's going to happen. A number of marketing technology vendors are going to go out of business in the next 12 months. At the same time, we just talked about the amount of money around. A lot of those are going to get bought out and they're going to be added to other marketing technologies. Uh, They could get reinvested in and and, go after a new audience or whatever. So you've got some of that. But I think that... uh, (laughs) If you look at the overall and the way it's going to go, because of the fact, I don't know if you read this, Robert, in 2000, something about Wall Street Journal said since 2007, there's more businesses being launched now than at any other time. 
So unless so yeah. so we've got a whole bunch of entrepreneurs. You got some with money that are launching businesses. A lot of those are going to be marketing technology companies. So you are going to see a flood of brand new marketing technologies that are going to launch in the next twelve months. So all in all, if you look at between some going out of the business, some being purchased, the new launches, you're going to see a little bit of growth. So Scott Brinker can most likely add to his. <laughs> huge infographic of marketing technology vendors, but there's going to be a huge shakeup at the same time, but overall a little bit up. What do you think? Uh, it's so funny that we haven't discussed this um, because I think MarTech's going to crush it. I think it's going to be like gangbusters it, it crush it. Oh, gangbusters crush it. Oh. It's going to crush it. Um, now to be clear, I absolutely agree with you that there's going to be a, a, a there's there's definitely a divide here, right? There is a have and have nots. Um, I think what you're going to see is a absolute exponential growth in the really the let's call it the mid to upper end of the market, and a real industry consolidation and or disruption at the lower end of the market. Um, you know, so. That I I think there's got there's there's consolidation. I, I think there's going to be tons of acquisitions and mergers. Um, I could see a SPAC just going to our emerging around some of these smaller sort of startup uh, technology, martech technology firms, um, and putting them together into more enterprise oriented solutions. Um, I think we're seeing a bit of a pushback on the you know having. 42 different solutions in a in a martech stack in a business and i think you're seeing a lot of cio cto cmo pushback on that like we should be able to get this from 12 solutions exactly. not 42 yes i agree with that um and so and and to be fair a lot of these martech solutions are components right they're they're components of a broader strategy and so hacking them together through apis is is a neat sales uh benefit but it's not gonna it's not gonna cut it when in the real world so i think you're gonna see a lot of uh you know a lot of consolidation but i think you know if anything 2020 has accelerated the need for digital experiences digital performance monitoring digital e-commerce um and all of that will be driven out of martech at the same time i think ad tech takes a huge hit oh yeah that's that's a good point as advertising has taken a hit yeah, ad tech takes a huge hit over the next six months. Programmatic, data, you know, scraping, um, you know, all of those kinds of things takes a hit. And Martech driving through audience acquisition um, is, uh, you know, is is, is going to grow huge. Well, huge. you know, it's going to be huge. It's huge. I, I, huge. I, you might you might have persuaded me. And and if you look at just look at what's happened with the stock market. If you look at the marketing technology companies, some of these are up eight times, 10 times. I mean, it's been ridiculous run up in the last year or so for these companies. They are flush with cash. Yeah. So the opportunity that they'll have, and, and you know, of course, everything is, nothing's changed, but everything's accelerated. That's so right. you have this move away from advertising more into one-to-one communications, it's funny how we've just gone for a full circle with that. And now here yeah. we are having a heyday. The hey, you know, content marketing heyday is in the next two to three years. Because, yeah, because especially right. with all the privacy stuff, as, you, as you've talk and talked about quite a bit. Um, yep. And, and you're going to need some good marketing technology to run these things. So That's right. That's right. Good. All right. So second question, good. then. We'll move on to our second question from the audience. And the question is... What's going to differentiate the content winners and losers next year? What say you? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two words and an <laughs> then I'll go into a little bit of detail. Does one start with F and the other starts with U? Oh, uh, it's pretty. Actually, the first one does start with F. Uh, the first the first one is all about focus, and I'll go into that. The second one is about investing. Um, so I, I know we're in little pockets economically right now, but we're we're in a in a recession. We're in a global recession, and in a lot of cases, it's going to get worse. Um, if you just look at what happened in two thousand eight with the the Great Recession, you know that took 
what, at least two years, two, two, two and a half yeah, years to right. get out of. Um, and we're not even, we're, you know, we're about six months, six to eight months in the middle of this one. We're, we're in inning one. Things are not going, things are going to get worse before they get better. So what do you need to do from a content marketing standpoint? So the content winners will one focus, they're going to double down what they're good at. They're going to throw off the things that aren't working. They're going to consolidate social media platforms. They're going to build amazing audiences by serving that audience better than anyone else in that particular niche. So that's the one thing. The second thing is you're going to need to invest in your content marketing, content creation, content distribution, and promotion now. And I mean, I you know, you and I live the whole content marketing institute story and the reason why CMI came out of that when we never should have because we were investing in our audience and building uh, building this this audience around the idea of content marketing and the practice of content marketing and really really focusing on it when there's no reason why we should have became well known at all in that area because there was B2B magazine and then there was Ad Age and and Ad Week and all these companies that had way more resources than we did that were battening down the hatches. And so right now you cannot batten down the hatches. You have to invest in your audience right now. That that's the big difference. And if you have to invest then you have to cut back some things that aren't working. Uh, maybe some advertising things that aren't working to focus on how you can really serve that audience now. And if you do that really well now, and we know this throughout any recession, you will come out of it as one of the winners. That's my yeah. take. Yeah, I think you're. No, I I would agree with you on that. I would, you know, when 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 I saw this question, it was um, it struck me. You know, some of the news items that we might have covered this week that we didn't were, you know, there's an article out about local newspapers and local publishers uh, doing better. They're starting to see new, um, you know, new advertising budgets come online. They're starting to see new advertisers, uh, new, you know, new ways to make money, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not about uh, data and it's not about pro automatic personalization and, you know, it's basically just classic brand advertising and, you know, finding an audience of, of, an, of a publisher, uh, that has a good, high-quality audience, and just you know, just putting an ad out in front of that audience, and getting better results as a re you know as as a result of that. And 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 there was another, and I would I would have paired it with this tweet from uh, Dr. Augustine Fu, who, if you don't know him, uh, you should follow him. He's fascinating. Okay. He's, he's he's a data scientist, and basically has spent the last five years sort of you know really uncovering and displaying the ad fraud business, you know, the fraud, fraudulent and bot driven uh, challenges in, in display programmatic advertising. And he's just a fascinating character to, 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 to listen to. And one of the things he pointed to recently was a research study that talked about how just putting good advertising in front of a broad audience is producing better results than trying to guess and use algorithms and, you know, and, and in a joking way, sort of that idea of how much the algorithm is putting, you know, please vote to our European friends is a great example of that, right? Is we're just not that good at it yet. And, 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 and there's the ad filtering, you know, and the, um, you know, the ability to, or inability to really identify people in a, in a quality way because of fraud and all just so many things that are, better about it. And I think that speaks to me as a marketer going, yeah, well, I don't care how many I have. I care who I have. So I think to answer the question, differentiation in content winners and losers to me is all about identifying and building a quality audience independent of how many there are in it. I would much, and this is what I spoke to at my content marketing world keynote, which is it's just not good enough for us to accumulate traffic and audience members anymore. We, we, you know, that, that are, that are, that are satisfied to get our email and never do anything with it. Right. You know, if you have, you know, if you have 10,000 people in your audience and you send them an email every single week and none of them click on anything or do anything or share Doesn't it or do anything. anything with it, it, you might as well time. have zero. Yeah. You might as well have zero in your audience. We have to create 
audiences that will take action. We have to create fans. It's not good enough anymore just to create an audience. You have to create fans, people who will do things for you. Are you throwing out a little? Uh, you throwing out a little Kevin Kelly on me? Thousand true fans. I, yeah. Well, you know, and interestingly, one of our colleagues. Um, talked about that you know recently mark schaefer wrote a blog post about the myth of kevin kelly's thousand fans idea um i disagree with my good friend mark schaefer on this although i did not comment on his post um but i disagree with that because he qualifies his idea to say that you know building an audience of people who don't do anything doesn't work and i agree with that but that's not building a fan. A fan is someone who will take action every time you talk to them, every time you deliver them content, they will take action. They will either share it, buy something, take the next action, take whatever you, you know, they will do what you want them to do. Um, and that's the difference between a fan and, uh, you know, an indifferent audience. And to me, that's the content winners and content losers are those that are building fans and, and audiences that will take action versus those that are just accumulating numbers. That's, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it, we couldn't couldn't agree more on this one, and that's where I think if you if you are going to do this right now in today's environment, you have to stop doing everything, right? And that's pick right. and choose. And, and I've been big on this whole strategy is about saying no, and it's about saying yeah. yes to a few things and no to many many things. And and as marketers, we like to say yes to everything. Yeah, you just can't exactly. do, you just can't do that anymore. Well, we like to hedge our bets, right? We like to we like to hedge bets, and so, you know, there's a difference between hedging and diversifying your portfolio and basically trying to do everything. That's right? exact. So that's exactly right. When we know that a lot of the diversification plans of enterprises were done on no real purpose, when they say, "I want to yeah. do TikTok and I want to do Snapchat and I want to have a Facebook right. group," but there there was never any link to any corporate goals at the same time. They just felt they had go to go big there. or go home, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, last question, and we'll make this a fast one okay. so that we can get to the other Good. ones, which is um, biggest acquisition in 2021. So can we, put, can we put the Disney and Apple thing to bed? Can we just put that to bed for 2020? Can we just say it's done, it's over, you lost? Can we just say that? And, if it, well, okay. and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll throw in the caveat to say, listen, if it happens like sometime in the future, uh, you know, I'll, I'll eat crow or whatever, but blah, blah, blah. But, but can we just like, it's not, it's done. But it here, so, happen. okay, here's the thing. Seven years we've been talking I'm, about I, I can't let it go because okay. of the fact that Apple should still do it. Apple should still buy Disney. <laughs> Lord, Disney, oh Disney is so undervalued right now. <gasps> oh, I can't even tell you. Happen. They have the, they have the, the best global content library on the planet right now and they are one tenth the value or whatever of apple come on this is is ridiculous if if apple does not buy them what's going to happen in the next disney's disney's going to go 10x in the next three years disney's going to be a billion dollar market cap in the next three to four years agreed so they're missing on an opportunity. So I'm just saying it's so there you go. I'm not letting it go. Uh, okay. All right. All right. So anyway, biggest acquisition of 2021. <laughs> then. should do it. I tried. I okay, tried. You want my, folks, you want my biggest acquisition? Yeah. Yes, I do. Here it is. Yeah. I've thought a lot about this. Yeah. Pinterest, which by the way, came out with results, quarterly results today. They blew away the market. The stock right now is up 38%. On the day, by the way, they will yep. get purchased by Walmart. And that will happen in the next nine months. Uh, wait a minute. What are you saying now? I'm saying, pin- saying- Pinterest. The social media platform is focused on mostly retail. Oh, by Walmart? Okay. I they will see get, that. They will get purchased. I was going to say, my first gut instinct was that Amazon was going to buy Pinterest. But right now, with all the government issues of the big four tech right now that they're always, you know, fighting some kind of battle about antitrust. And it seems yep. to get, it seems to have a little bit behind it. Walmart's not going to have that pressure just because their market cap isn't anywhere close to Amazon's Walmart will get clear approval to buy a Pinterest right now. And Walmart, by the way, also has the cash to pay double the market value. And that's, what's going to have to happen for Pinterest to go. And it's just it's perfectly seamless, and 
this whole TikTok Walmart thing, I don't think anybody's going to be able to figure that out in the next nine months. But Pinterest, they could they could monetize that immediately. I think it's a perfect fit. There you go. I like it. Thank you. I like it. What do you got? Uh, I got I got Amazon taking AMC theaters. Oh, you do. I do. Not Netflix. I've got Amazon. Yeah, because I talked to. I think AMC. it's Netflix. Yeah, I think it's it's Amazon. Why why Amazon? Why Amazon? I mean, that has been talked about already. Yes. Why do you believe Amazon more than more than Netflix? Uh, because Amazon can use the physical space in a much more efficient way than Netflix can. What are they going to use Amazon a ship can... product? What are they? Yeah, get? of course they will. Yeah, of course they will. Yeah, it's easy, right? So they're going to use some of those big theaters as distribution hubs. Is that what you're talking Boom. about? Are you Boom. kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. Are you, you still using? It's... Are you still using some of the theaters for movies? Uh, yeah, of course. You're uh, and other things as well. But it's a great it's a great physical space that gets them into it's a real estate deal right so they they can do that very simple and 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 have multi-purposes for it you know i do i actually really like that so so kudos to that i i still think that netflix is the buyer because as you know amc theaters or any theater chain is not as profitable as they could be because they have to throw off most of the uh the revenues and the profits over to the the big movie producing production yeah. houses. Well, if yeah. Netflix comes in, they can go in and, you know, put up their Adam Sandler special Hubie Halloween or whatever's going on right now that they already paid the money for and basically create so much more profit for again when movies come back, which I would say is in the next 18 to 24 months. Yeah. So, huh? All right. Yeah, there we go. I, I yeah. like it. Good job. Yeah. You did a good job. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's move to our... Uh, so here we go. Oh, well, you know what we should talk about? We should talk about our wonderful benefactor sponsor. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but we do have to mention Content Marketing World was an incredible success. And you may be feeling that, oh, man, I really wish I would have went this year because I heard so many great things about it. Well, you can get Content Marketing World on demand. You can do it right now. Go to contentmarketingworld.com. Just click on the register button, and you can go, and they have virtual rates still available. So I know you were feeling really upset, really left out, had a lot of FOMO. Well, you don't have to worry about it because <laughs> you can go and get it right now. So go to Content Marketing World, and you can get, by the way, Robert Rose had a fantastic presentation. I mine was okay following his, but you can get both of them and about a hundred <laughs> other ones at the same yeah. time, and uh, and take your content marketing education to the next level. So there you go, contentmarketingworld.com. It is good stuff. Yep. It is really good stuff. Yeah, and the, it, and it, what's cool, you know, I mean, obviously we would have much preferred to do this in person and 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 have all this stuff, um, you know, to be able to give hugs and all that stuff, but the one benefit i would say is that you know what the one one of the ma major it's not a complaint per se but it but it is a challenge of course because of a physical event is you have so many people say i couldn't go see so and so or i you know there were just too many too many sessions and i i got called into work or i got a, had to mm -hmm. attend a meeting or you know whatever it is and you sort of get interrupted and you miss that great speaker because you've got access to it for six months, you're gonna, you know, you've got you've got time to go consume all that content and binge watch it um, when uh, you know when you're not watching Ted Lasso. I saw way, yeah, I saw way more this year than I'd ever seen in any of yeah, the ten me years. Too. So Absolutely, this is me the tenth too. year. Yeah. It wasn't in purpose in person, and I got to see so many amazing sessions. So that's right. There you that's go. right. Yeah. All right. Well, now we have uh, traditionally our empirically proven favorite part of the show, which, of course, is our rants and raves. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a twist on it this week. And so Joe and I have a rave prediction or a rant prediction. And we have both. We have one of each. Um, again, we don't know what each other is going to say here, but we have one of each. Um, so this is something that we hate that's probably going to come true and something that we love that's probably going to come true from our side. So that's, uh, you know, our rants and raves section there. And so uh, do you want to go first with your rant and your rave? I'm, I'm more than happy to go first if you would, because it is, uh, it is your show. So I I'm just oh, at no. your service. See, don't, don't, here. don't, don't, yeah, don't, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing that I hate. I hate, 
I hate what's happened to the physical events industry. You know, everyone listening to this knows how much I love in-person events and I love the event experience and the networking and the education that goes on. But in this, you know, for a well over 15 years, so what's happened to the industry is just devastating. And um, so I hate that. And a lot of people have been asking me, Joe, when do you think it's going to come back? So here's my prediction part. And this is, and I hate this prediction, but this is, I've, I've just got to be honest. I, I know a lot, I've been talking to a lot of event owners recently that are, that are hoping to do something um, sooner than later, maybe the early part of 21. My take is, is that, and, and I'm still praying for an in-person uh, content marketing world in the fall of 21, but I believe that most in-person events, especially large scale, and I would say large scale over 500 people, will not happen in 21 um and i believe that we'll just start getting back on our feet in 22 and then hopefully back to 90 percent in 23 so that i hate this prediction robert because you know how much i love events but just seeing what's happening right now um i think that's where we're going to be and i think marketers need to prepare for that and uh, the, the good news out of that is i think that that coming out of it physical events will be way more innovative I think we're seeing a lot more innovation go on in the event space right now. So I think hopefully we'll be better for it in the long run, but I think that's where we're going to be there. So on the love, love that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time, folks, but this is the year. 2021 is the year the Cleveland Browns will make the playoffs. Wow. There we go. It had to bring it to football. Of course I yeah, do. All right. Browns are five and yeah. two. They have a fair I don't want to say it's an easy schedule, but it's not a it's not a horribly difficult schedule. They can lose to the really good teams and they have to beat the mediocre or low end teams. And if they do, they will go in at And it's an expanded year too. Expanded so year. Be two more teams that make it. Yeah. I believe that this year the Browns end up ten and six. And ten and six is enough to get one of those last playoff positions and they will actually have a playoff game which hasn't happened since i think well shoot 2003 we were 10 and 6 in 2007 and didn't make it we ended up on the outside of that one so it's been a long time folks been a long time time. all right what you got brother all right well here's so i have the so i'm gonna i'm gonna steal one because (laughs) just to sort of bookend your your uh your your football prediction there um it, it is one is it is i hate um is that uh, the dallas cowboys have a top three draft pick this year um yeah, so that which means for those of you who don't understand football that they are the bottom three teams this year so this was a team that was supposed to go to the super bowl this year and will probably be end up being one of the it, it is the turnaround is absolutely horrific in terms of what has gone on with my team but um, we'll just move on from there. It's like Freaky um, Friday. It's where the Cleveland Browns and the Cowboys totally touched each other Friday. and they switched positions for the exactly. Year. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been it's been bad. Yeah. Um, you know, we're worse than the Jets, and that's saying something. Um, oh, you know, ouch. yeah. Uh, anyway, so so the prediction that I hate uh, is it dovetails a little bit with what you're saying, which is the back to physical. Um, uh, uh, the physical space. Mine has less to do with events, although I totally agree and hate, you know, that prediction. And, and by the way, agree with it. Um, unfortunately, mine is, is that it, is that the, this, this whole sort of uncertainty lockdown and unlockdown, lockdown, lockdown, unlockdown, move back, move forward, move sideways, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, go to here, go there. This is closed. This is not closed. I, I think we're in for that until well into the spring of next year. Um, and I, it, it just, it, it, it's the one thing that truly, truly annoys me about this whole thing, which is we just can't get our collective shit together um, as a country. And it, it just bothers me. Um, and I just think we won't get it together. And I think it's going to take well into the spring before we sort of get any sort of sense of even normalcy um, around going to visit a client, going to see friends, going out to dinner, going out to, you know, just doing things that we would normally think about doing, you know, and without sort of double taking and having to check some website to see if it's actually allowed or not. So it's, it's, it's annoying. And, but there it is. Um, the thing that I love, 
uh, is despite all that, I think 2021 could be a renaissance year for content and content marketing. Um, we're just seeing a huge this, and it is really the first sort of, I don't want, maybe I won't call it a tsunami size, but a swell for sure that I have seen from the B2C market, the traditional sort of more Madison Avenue, um, you know, forays, ANA sort of loving B2C, consumer packaged goods, durables, all of that sort of those industries. Really, their move to direct to consumer and the move to in house, um, which is a real trend. Uh, is really driving the need for great content and content marketing strategies. And so I think for those of us that are practitioners in this, I think it's a true, uh, it could be a true renaissance this next year in yeah. terms of our careers. Well, it's interesting. You know, we we both said that that the pandemic has sped up what was already moving that direction. So it's just, it hasn't changed anything. It's just sped things up. And I think I saw a retail stat where before it was 16% of all sales were online and it went to something like 30%. So we saw 10 years of change happen in a six month yeah. period. That's what we're seeing right now. We I mean, content marketing has always been moving that direction. You've had consumers that have always been sniffing around. Oh, maybe we should grow, you know, a, a content experience direct with our, uh, with our consumers, with our customers. But it's just been a slow go to get there. Now you're seeing it speed up. And yeah, now these things are exactly all going right. to happen in the next 12 months. And it's very exciting time to be in the industry. I think so. I think so. So it's the best of times and the worst of times. You know that's what I right. mean? And so take advantage you know, of so it when you can. Absolutely. Our hearts go out to the ones that can't. Yeah. That's right. That is right. Well, that's it. That's it for this episode. Uh, what are you up to this week? What's, what's going on? I mean, <laughs> you got Halloween, but then, you know. I mean, and drinking on Tuesday, but anything else happening? Um, well, yeah, I'm thinking about drinking on Tuesday, but I, I might have to move that to Monday <laughs> as well and probably have to follow that up on Wednesday as yeah. well. So I, I, I actually, <laughs> I, I, see, I'm joking with you, but I'm not. I've I know. Because I'm working, I know. My newsletter goes out on Thursday. I'm all, I'm writing it now. Yeah. Because I don't plan on doing any work that week. I'm really going to stay out of the news. I'm I'm really just trying to. I got a couple good books. Uh, I, I'm I'm just. I need to get my head in the right place so that I don't drive my family completely crazy. Yeah. So that's I where it. I'm. How about you, sir? <laughs> uh, you know, the good news is we're we're heads down with some client work, which is always good. Good. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. Other than that, just sort of doing some writing, getting some getting some things done, um, following up on a lot of stuff that sort of I had to follow up on. Um, I've got uh, Marketing Profs B2B conference next oh, week. Oh, very nice. Which I'm yeah. speaking at. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, we're, you know, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see how we feel in our uh, either celebratory hangover or our, or our hangover next week. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I got to say about that. That's, uh, that, that's all, all right. I got to say about that. Um, all right. That is it, folks. We are signing off. Episode number 248. Uh, we love it. So we're asking you to do two things, very specific things, if you dig this episode, if you dig this show. One, thank you, by the way, going to iTunes and giving us a review. Even thank you to the bad reviews. I mean, we need a couple of those, I suppose, for the algorithm and all of that. But um Go give us a review. Go give us a kind review if you haven't. Um, and also share it with a friend. Share it with somebody you'd like or, or you know, quite frankly, share it with somebody you don't like if you want to punish them and <laughs> have them spend an hour with us. Um, we are publishing twice a month for those of you who may be new to the show, basically every other week. Um, we may have some surprises on that in the coming weeks. Uh, just, you know, we're thinking about some things and, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, in the meantime... Before our next episode, if you want more Joe Polizzi, as he just mentioned, uh, he has a wonderful, amazing newsletter called The Random. Uh, I absolutely adore his newsletter and am 
blatantly stealing uh, concepts of it. Uh, and you can get that at JoePolizzi.com, uh, and you can click around his wonderful new shiny website to get to that newsletter. And as for me, if you're interested mostly in practitioner-type stuff, content strategy, content marketing, all that stuff, you can find that at my company website, which is, of course, contentadvisory.net. Hashtag us up, won't you? Give us story ideas. We loved all the questions that you sent over. Hopefully we addressed a bunch of those this week. But give us some love and hashtag us up on the social media. Everything we talked about, of course, will be in the show notes that we'll publish. Uh, And until we meet again, remember, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you in a couple of weeks on This Old Market. 